welcome to the Pied Piper podcast. I am here with a really special friend of mine. Um, She's going to go by Hazel. All right, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It is. And then, okay, so um, Hazel, thank you so much for coming today, and I'm really, really happy to have you in here. So, like, first let's start with, so you're you're gonna use a different name because you're yes, you're a dancer that dances undercover. Yes, in complete anonymity, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, and in this day and age yeah. with social media, that's not that's more rare than it used to be. It is with rarity, but also, I don't know, with my upbringing and just like my main circle group of friends and people that I do know, I've come from a very docile and very conservative background. So this is. This is even still very jarring to me. It's not something that I'm really even still processing, like, whoa, I'm a dancer. I'm so it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, everyone at the club knows it's me. <laughs> well, that's but it's and like it's not a big deal. But like, so what got you in this predicament where holy you're, shit. you're doing something that's <laughs> totally different for you and for your upbringing and stuff like that? Dude, so like last year I was just taking like a break from school, right? And so I was just trying to do a bunch of new shit. And I never actually thought I'd get hired at night trips. Like, keep in mind, it was kind of like a bucket list endeavor. Like, I fucking went in there, I auditioned, I did the shebang, and then I was like, I'm going to get Chick-fil-A after. (laughs) But the manager at the time was like, Claire, and she was like, well, you're hired. I was like, wait, what? Wait. Like, I didn't think this through, because, like, I got the fucking pleasers from, like, Depop. (laughs) So it's like, I didn't even... I didn't even buy these pleasers like in person. Like this was nothing that I ever thought was going to be with longevity or anything. Or even at the concurrent moment, I never would have thought I would have gotten hired, but I was hired and she brought me aboard. And around that time too, I was very naive. You know, I was just thinking, okay, like you're just bouncing titties around. Like, I don't know, you're dancing Nothing, I never really thought about the long-term side effects or how it can actually make your mental health even more egregious because it actually took a toll on me. It how t- long have you been dancing now? Since December. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so it's been quite some time now, but it's been kind of inconsistent, but then not really inconsistent at the same time. It's like So it's been about eight months Yes. dancing you're yeah. you're almost there to like that one year isn't it crazy mark yeah uh, so what what do you go to school for i was going to school for international business wow. i was actually supposed to be returning in fall but yeah. my mental health got actually even more egregious okay and i would actually say it was because of the club that it got even more egregious and it got to the pinnacle of like i wasn't the whole point of me taking the gap year was me prioritizing my mental health mm. and me finding myself and finding cathartic things I like. And you went into the strip club. <laughs> 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 yeah. A lot of I bet you a lot of women do think do think that stripping is ca- cathartic. Yeah, no. Um, it definitely not, is. And that's yeah. not true for everyone. It's not no, true for everyone. It's not because I came in with a state of like naivety like I didn't actually think that it would like how hard it is no I didn't no because I was just like maybe I was like in a state of limerence I don't know if I was just I idealized it in a sense I was like yeah it's just like fuck ton of money (laughs) and then 
I just flop my titties around on stage and I go home. Yeah. It is very, very, very. They're layers. They're layers. I think we all start out thinking that, like, when I was, uh, so I started because my cousin was dancing. Yeah. And so I really didn't have any clue either. Yeah. You know? And then I think it was, like, three nights in, I was like, what the hell? Exactly. But somehow, somehow, because of the money, I stuck through it, and I, like, learned all the intricacies. But, yeah, I mean, you're not the only one that's, like, less than a year and going, what the yeah, because I've seen other definitely. girls like really, um, really like struggle and like they're just like you. They're super gorgeous. They they could be making the most money in the club, you know, but they clearly like struggle with yeah um, a, the job itself, the requirements. It's definitely an yeah. internal battle, you know. Then you start to dabble into certain things. Where, they think that yeah. they they think that if you're really pretty, you'll have no problem and it'll be so easy. <laughs> And it's not true. It has nothing to do with being pretty. No, it does not. It has everything to do with like, can you can you do it? it, it yeah, it definitely factorizes to different factors. It's like your hustle, or it's yeah. like your mindset, or it's just like I think it's like alligator skin. Yeah, you like have to tough, have. How, how tough, tough are, are you? you? Yeah, how tough are you to endure these things? It's like I've endured a lot in my life, you know. But I think this was like the hardest thing to endure, really. I don't. I don't even think I still have the endurance for it. To be completely honest, but, but I'm still, still here. here. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I'm still here. <laughs> and that's what dancing does. It just keeps <laughs> sucking you back in. I I joked around once and was like, I think it's like the Nixium Club. Like yeah. you, you see them coming out and they're like, I had to watch everything I ate. Right. And it was hard. Yeah. And I had to do like things, and then they get out and they're like, but it was a lot of fun. It, and it was right, it. like right, like. But it was fun and I miss it. Right, like, like literally, <laughs> it's those like nights, even though like yeah this job can be it's very inconsistent you know but then there's those times where it can be so lucrative this job will make you bipolar if you're not already exactly like it really will like make you like have like a whole alter ego like it's like so what job did you have before this while you're in school holy shit i was working at kato's christian clothing store bro oh that's adorable You're every man's fantasy. <laughs> oh God, no! That shit was fucking She's terrible. So, uh, so terrible. Was it? What was? It was just shitty management, and it was just very slow too. Because yeah. it's just like older ladies going in. There's not a lot of drive. Yeah. No, and also like, believe it or not, bro, I was like, obviously, it's like paycheck to paycheck, but it's not anything I'm actually using in like my you know, um, my endeavors, like bills or anything like that. Mm. Because you know, sadly, I have. I have really accommodating parents, so my parents still were, like, paying for, like, my insurance and stuff mm-hmm. and, like, fucking well, yeah, my how, bills. How old are you? Yeah, fuck, I turned 23 June 5th, so okay. it's, like, yeah, the reliability on them was something that I've also been trying so, to break through, so that's why But they dancing. do all of that because you're going to college. Yes, yeah. and also it's just well, that's really their careers, too. It's, mm-hmm. like, they can provide that for us, you yeah. know? They can provide certain lifestyles for me and my sisters you know how many how many uh, i have siblings? two other sisters too so like and they're all kind of treated the same way yes oh, that's really yes, sweet that's but really nice it's also a control mechanism too uh, that i've been trying to break free of so ooh, that's like, true girl that's true it is so it's like yeah. yeah it's like sometimes like my dad will give me certain ultimatums Mm-mm. like for example with me like we had a sit-down discussion where i told him you know i wouldn't be returning back and fall like we had discussed, you know, and that kind of gutted him a little bit, but I had to be very explanatory to him. 
that my mental health had gotten even more into the shitter. And, you know, I know my dad's not stupid, obviously, and he's, I know he's not completely oblivious. Like, I really want him to be. Like, I feel like he knows, but then what I do. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I had to have a sit down with him like I don't think I'm going to be returning back to fall and so he gave me an ultimatum like oh what if I get your new car like what if I repair your uh, other one and you know bribery. just to try yeah bribery in a sense for me to return back but I just I can't do it because I'm still not but I know what I need to cut off it's obviously the club you know yeah I need to like stop working here but do you think you would do better if you weren't, weren't working oh yeah you know I have very very deep regrets ever like even starting or getting into dancing in the first place. Like, yeah. I actually regret it so much because I really think I would have been on the right track. I think I would have just been in the right mental space of mind to return with better mental clarity, with better focus. But also, there have been pros to the club, too. I mean, I have a backbone now, you know. Mm. I'm more assertive. But there are more cons, you know. I became a little bit more mean. A little jaded. A little jaded, you know. Was it a shock to your system when you found out how uh, some men uh, think? Oh, yeah. Like their their processes and, you know. Yeah, you know, it was, it, it was very shocking, to be completely honest, because it was baffling to me, too. Because you'll meet men in here that are so gaudy, that are so, like, they're so boisterous too at the same time, but they feel like they have that complex where they can be put on a pedestal where they can feel like they're superior than you or they can treat you like you're an amoeba or like you're a low-tier citizen or like you're a person with no goals, no aspirations. You're here because this was like your last, last option. Like you don't have any fulfillment in life. This is where you're at. Mm. This is the bottom basically. Yeah. When in actuality it's like, 90% of the people, 80% of the girls here, we're here by choice. Mm -hmm. You know, about 50% of the girls that I talk to, like you, for example, you have goals, you have aspirations, you have endeavors other than the club. Mm -hmm. You know, the men in here think the club is just our whole lives, like the epitome of who we are when in actuality it's they not. Think it defines us. It defines us. Like, like we're a just. stripper is a type of person. Yeah, like we're fucking like GTA prostitutes or some shit. I, I don't know. know. Like it's like. <laughs> I don't. I get, I get that too. Um, I think after twelve years, I can sense that in a man. And yeah. it's like when you talked about the club. Get like there are some pros to yeah, being a dancer. Is. One of those pros, I think, is here's the deal: you're gonna meet guys like that, um, people like that outside the club. Yeah. When you get into a professional workplace exactly. space and you're networking. There exactly. are going to often be people who look down on you and go, like, what are they you? They really will. Like, I'm a big investor. I have all the – because, you know, I've kind of been in in exactly. other industries yeah. outside of dancing. And I've met that. I've met people like that exactly. even there, too. And I feel kind of like dancing kind of, like, prepared me mm. for – uh, other people's feelings towards me and me knowing how to just be like so they put you in better preparation too <laughs> like okay. whatever bro like i know what you think of me guess what i don't give a shit yeah but it but it takes be becoming it, it takes becoming jaded or like working in the strip club industry for so long like you just get you get hard girl and then you just you know and it teaches you what your self-worth is regardless of exactly so you don't have to base your self-worth on other people that is true it's like saying what you think of me isn't going to change my self-worth. Yeah, that but is. But that's hard, though. And it does take practice. 
practice. It does and take it's practice. practice in like just being consistently like looked at like mm-hmm. that and then persevering past it. It is persevering because I'm not going to lie. At first like two, three oh, months. They hurt. Shit, it was fucking tough. It was really hard. Except like seeing people's perception of you or how they perceive you in general and just how you they mm-hmm. see you and they view you and they vocalize that too. Do you think that some of that though could become to be coming from maybe subconsciously how you're perceiving your yourself for the decision to come into the club? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's honestly wholeheartedly. Um it is in a sense how I perceive myself because I'm not going to lie. As soon as I stepped foot, and the only reason why I also dabbled into slight alcoholism, and it's picking back up a little bit even after I, like, cut it off mm-hmm. and transitioned to day shift. But um, it, 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 it does bother me and still bothers me a lot, even though I try to act recluse and I try to mm-hmm. act really recluse to my emotions and I try to say, yeah, I could give a fuck what these fat lards, like, think so of So when me. a guy, like, looks at you like that and you feel like he's uh, judging you, you think that in your mind that's like reinforcing how you feel about it yourself. Is. It's definitely reinforcing because mm-hmm. then if I hear how they vocalize their opinions about me or they, they're telling me about myself or what I look like mm-hmm. internally or externally. Because oh I had one guy, he pointed out my self-harm scars when I was giving out like a lap dance. Mm-hmm. And I was super drunk that night. So it... it all your feelings come out too when you're drunk. Oh, yeah. I remember I got up from like the lab dance area. I went to the bathroom and I like went on the floor and I just bawled my eyes out. Then I went back out, went to the locker room, fixed my hair and everything. And then mm-hmm. I acted like nothing happened because it's just like you just had to, you can't even show your emotions in there because it's like yeah. too much vulnerability is like. Oh, yeah. They seek out vulnerabilities a lot. And they they will. will. I mean, and I'm not saying guys do it all, like all guys do. Some guys do do it on purpose. Not all guys do it on purpose. Um, some do it subconsciously. I, I do realize that people sometimes treat each other certain ways subconsciously because yeah. they really want something from you. Um, that guy probably didn't even know what those were. And if it makes you feel any better, um, I've probably met four, five, six girls in the club who all have self-harm scars yeah. and have had to work through it. Yeah. Um, I know a couple of, I, I know a few actually like maybe I'll tell you about afterward and you can talk to them because yeah uh, I know that they they've also dealt with guys who were like what is that the guys just don't know they yeah. just don't know they, it's just they don't recognize what it is um I have I have like um a scar on my shoulder blade yeah. that is like raised yeah. and guys will try to go to massage my uh like my shoulders and I get really self-conscious yeah you get <gasps> very I'm like oh god here it comes they go oh what is that and I'm like oh, I don't want to talk about it exactly uh, <laughs> it's, it's always like, you know because we're just naked like you see everything they on do us. you see you every flaw shit. yeah it's <laughs> yeah. the yeah it's the intimacy of it and it's also the energy exchange because you know mm. reiterating back to what I was saying before how I've come from like a very docile very conservative family you know my home life you know being sexually liberated or anything it's not something we do it's not it's taboo so what is your background where you guys come from um so I'm first generation American I'm Togolese American and then my parents came from Togo but they came here 28 years ago so my parents first came to New York he was in like Jamaica, Queens, like the worst, roughest part. So he had a degree from the University of Togo, but his degree is invalid in the state, so he can't use that here. Oh my God. So 
in his early 30s, he literally had to start all over with my mom and my older sister. She was like two at the time. So he was like a paper boy on his bike. He was like throwing like newsletters and stuff at 31 years old. Oh my God. Then they made the move to Denver and they were in a one bedroom apartment. And then I was conceived. And so my dad went to the process of going to school again. And my dad decided to go into respiratory therapy because he found that I had asthma and he wanted to know how to take care of that on his own, mm. even though it wasn't really a profession that he really wanted to go into. So after he attained his bachelor's, he ended up getting his master's in respiratory therapy, and then he ended up furthering his degree and in getting, in in getting his doctorates. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional a little bit because I'm thinking about how much like he just sacrificed in I general. Know. Wow, it's just just the resilience in that? The it's resilience. Incredible, incredible. That yeah. he didn't just go back. And so, okay, just for me and the listeners, like some of us are probably a little yeah. ignorant. Where is Togo? Togo is like in West Africa. It's like by okay. Nigeria. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're so unique. And Thank you. Like you can say, and you, by the way, you have an amazing, do you work out? I no, like I skateboard. Though. Like dead ass, like all skateboard work sometimes. Anybody that's seen me at the club knows this. Like I've been an avid skater since I was 15. It was just something to get out of my comfort zone, too, when I picked it up when I was 15. Because I honestly did do it to piss off my dad at first. Because <laughs> my dad thought I was gay for a little bit. He really did. Because I had very tomboyish aspects about me. And he didn't like that. Yeah. I just acted like a boy. So I was like, let me probably pick up skateboarding. Him, probably made him nervous. You know, he doesn't have any any sons, right? No so sons. Like, just all, all girls. Just on you and your sister. Yeah. And the other one. Um. So, okay, so then you guys moved from... So they went from Queens to Denver, and then you were born in Denver. How mm -hmm. did you end up here in Tulsa? Okay, so I think I told you a little bit, yeah. but in 2013, 2014, that's when they, like, legalized marijuana ah. in Denver. And my dad was just so, like, off-putted by, like, the fact that they legalized it. Wow. And he loved Denver. Like, he hates weed. So he's just as mad that, like, medicinal marijuana is legalized here. It's, it's not like he's going to move again or anything, but right. it's, like... That was partial of the reason why we moved was because he just didn't like how everything was getting expensive. One, mm -hmm. he didn't like the influx of people. He didn't like the traffic. He didn't like the smell of smoke. He felt like things were changing into like a different direction that mm -hmm. he just didn't like. And also at that time, Tulsa seemed like there was a lot of prosperity. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. it was just somewhere he wanted it. He wanted to go somewhere quaint, like how Denver used to be at one point in time. Aww. So we all moved together in 2015. So And you talk about uh, you guys' like background with conservatism. Mm. Are you so the religion, are you guys Christian or Um so my dad is Catholic, right? Okay, Catholic. And you want to know something? My mom used to be Muslim and then my mom converted to Christianity. Wow. And then she converted to Catholicism for my dad, but she's Christian again on yeah. her own. Yeah. So she's been they're just like different thought processes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But my dad, my dad is pretty. Um, he's Christian. What is it? It's like I always joke around and be like Bible thumper, but <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, right. He's very conservative Christian. Yeah, very like, ba Baptist Christian or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is very different to have those to have parents like that and to dance. Oh shit! Yeah, fuck. And, and to see where your parents have come from and how much they've struggled. Yeah, they've so. sacrificed a lot. I can't even say that my dad hasn't 
sacrifice. You know, I can't. I don't even know what his true dreams was. Yeah, it's like he has a very stable career. Yeah, it's like he makes a lot of money. Yeah, it's like when he retires, he'll be good. But it's like it's not what he really wanted. It's like he did that to sacrifice for me and Alicia because Alicia ended up having asthma too anyways. So it's like, but he did that sacrifice initially for me. So seeing my parents' sacrifices and him going through so many jobs, too, in the past, too, when he first came here, it's like mailboy, security, FedEx, Mm -hmm. working at a warehouse. And did you feel kind of like you're just... I kind of feel like this, too, often with my parents and, like, how much they've worked and then, like, what I'm doing. Do you feel kind of like... And I'm just, like, taking a fucking shortcut. No, it it does feel, yeah, especially now that I'm older, too, because I used to, used to be very upset because when I was in school, my home life, I wasn't, I was so sheltered, I wasn't allowed to do anything. It was like school, Mm -hmm. just focusing on school and then coming home, and then school again is just focusing on my academics. So I resented him for a while because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I didn't find true individuality. I didn't find myself until going into college so I was I did resent him for a while but now I think it's kind of normal with like us and I want to say like um good parents yeah that I think that as teenagers we resent them and then as adults we realize what they were trying to do uh I feel that I feel that way often um my family they know for the most part that I dance um my husband's family does not know I dance Um, and I don't know why we just decided just decide to keep it that way it's just like easier you know so i don't really like so i have different social medias for different stuff and i keep everything i keep everything separate so very private yeah Yeah. i I really get it like it's almost like you just don't even want to deal with the questions you don't want to be dealt with it but it's just the way that i know my dad is so intuitive Mm -hmm. he's so smart my dad did that too you know he pretended not to know and he yeah they'd rather just not know and then one day he joked around because i was like oh i'm just bartending or like i'm I'm, I'm waitressing i'm waitressing and then finally he was like so hun you know i was thinking a couple of me and my colleagues from the from the hospital would love to come over there and have lunch and have you serve us and i just looked at him dead face like dad you don't want to do that those corsets are so there's they're 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 so short, and the food is awful. He was like, you told me the food was great. I'm like, no, 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 the food no, is awful. No, no, it's terrible. <laughs> and then he just kind of looked at me, and then I was like, you know, don't you? And he goes, well, hun, I mean, you had those eight-inch heels in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. But then he became my accountant. Oh, uh, that's even better. So, uh. I mean, parents will surprise you. And you know who actually really put up the most fit about my job is my mom. Yeah. My mom was the one who was like, I don't, but it's just... You know, she kind of made exactly. those noises a little bit. She was like, it's just like, it made her nervous. Or I can't wait till you get out of that. But I'm like, mom, I'm enjoying myself. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, but I have, so this job is weird because when you're doing really great and you have great customers, you feel on top of the world. You do. But when you're struggling, like right now during the summer, you feel like that's your whole life. You're like, and fuck. It's slow. <laughs> it's really slow in there right now. It, it really is. It feels very stagnant. It it's does, like, yeah. I heard that that's how it felt. A customer told me that Friday night felt stagnant. He was it like, was. I was in there, and it just, it felt like the girls just didn't I took home up about to it. $40. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I told him, I was like, well, the girls are really struggling, so they're probably just feeling it, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, because it is the slowest month of the year, July. 
So, oh, so we, I wanted to talk to you though. So, um, when you first started dancing, you know, and I've known you pretty much the whole time, and yeah, we, you were we, very accommodating. You're super oh, sweet. Thank you. Well, I just try to be to everybody. Very you know? sweet. I like to make friends, but uh, often you're telling me stuff that like blows my mind. <laughs> I feel like you're top, like you're very beautiful, Aww. like model beautiful. I, I wouldn't say all that. <laughs> But I listen, think I'm all right. <laughs> listen, you're you're in shape. You have a beautiful face. You have oh, a beautiful voice. Thank Here's you. the deal. I'm starting to realize that I think like really pretty girls. I think they like they almost have it harder sometimes. Like you have told me, and you know, so you're African. Yeah. Um, can you tell us that story? One night it was so messed. So you oh, had yeah, a fuck. run in with um, somebody. Yeah. Um. So I was with another dancer and. It was a guy. It's like, it's okay. It's like, you can be drunk. You can be loud, cool. But it's like, don't just like run into me. Like, don't push past me like that. It's weird. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, I was like, you pushed me. I was like, that's rude. And he was like, you want to know why you think I'm rude? I was like, why? And he was like, it's because you're an African bitch. And I was like, wait, like, I was like, what the fuck? Because keep in mind, this guy's black too. So it's like. But then there is slight diaspora wars within our community in That's general. That's what I really wanted to get out there. Yeah. But like, holy shit. The diaspora shit is so dumb, bro. I have Every time you've come to me with a story yeah. about how a black guy in the club has treated you. Yeah, in general. It and has blown my mind. It's like the co- aspect of colorism is in it and just it's colorism is very prominent in the club. So it does affect my money a little bit, but it's also from my within my community where it's like I'm not really making money from my community like I'd want to. Mm-hmm. And it, it does bother me a little bit, but then it's like it translates to real life too, the dating world. It's like mm-hmm. black guys a lot of the times they're just not into other black women. But there was one who was like I think he might have liked black girls, but he said that you were too dark. Yeah. But he was also dark. Yeah, yeah like dark as shit too. Like not dark as shit. Excuse my profanity. I just but think, like no, no, fair. Akon dark dude. He's darker than me. Fair. So it's like so when you're looking, I'm like your your mom has got to be your parents have to be dark. Your mom has to be dark. You want to know something crazy? What is the I've shown problem? pictures of like oh you were talking about him, yeah. but my mom is very fair. So my mm. mom also, my mom was very colorist growing up. You know, my mom, mm-hmm. I'll have to show you a what? picture after. Did she ever say anything to you? Yeah, my mom up? was very colorist. I've told people, you know, my mom would be like, because my mom's hair is very loose. And then my hair is just like 4B, like it's 4B type. It's like really kinky and very like I, I curly, see. like very, it's like, yeah, a little bit loose, but still like kinky. So it's like. My mom would say comments like, oh, I wish you guys had had my hair type or my skin tone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you guys got your dad's skin tone no. or you guys didn't get my nose. You guys did. My mom, my mom's a very beautiful woman. So like she right. just instilled certain things in us where but to have that growing up even. Yeah. It gave us a little bit of like a complex. Yeah, yeah, she had a com- she then, had a complex. And then you go in the club, and these guys are like, "Oh, like you're not fair enough." I'm not fair enough. It's just the colorism aspect of it too, because it translates to a lot of communities I in mean, general. I get, I get that guys have preferences. We don't want to get, we don't want to get it confused. We we support preference. Oh, like, we support preference, but it's the way, it's the delivery, girl. It's, it's the delivery every time. You don't need to tell a girl, like you don't need to tell us. 
if if you don't physically, if there's something about us, you don't you don't have to tell us. You don't you don't have don't to, to tell me. We do not need to know. You do not have to tell me your disdain. And it's like I've gotten the weirdest comments from black men. I've gotten comments where they're like, um, they've tried to associate my voice being within like white proximity. Or they're like, oh, oh I've yeah. heard about that. I hate that. Yeah, like I've gotten called whitewashed. Oh. I've been called, I've been called cute for a dark skin. They'll be like, there because the, there's this one black guy. He said there's not a lot of dark skins that are actually cute. He was like, you're cute for a dark skin. He's like, I like that. You're real pretty. I was like, okay, that's weird. I'm not gonna tolerate that. So I got up. I don't need to make my money from someone that has disdain towards black women or. That you're Even hate- if it's like subconscious. Yeah, yeah your mom probably yeah. looks like me. Your sister is like, this is... Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's a form of like... It, it's like also in a sense, it's like indoctrin- indoctrinization too, where it's like implemented into the community from generations on where it's like they put white people or white skin or fairness on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So that's how colorism has started too. Within so the it's community. like, mm-hmm. yeah. So we talk about like busting through ceilings and yeah. making the world more inclusive. Exactly. But, that also means but then that- your eccentric features are also the epitome of beauty mm-hmm. within. It's not even just in the black community. It's in within the Asian community. Oh yeah. Like yeah. That's true. I'm one of my favorite stand-up comedians. I think his name is Joe Coy. Yeah. And he did a whole stand-up bit on. Um, racism within different Asian (laughs) nationalities. And I'm like, see, like, I think that if you're not careful, everyone can kind of grow up. Everyone could be racist against themselves, against their own community, against other people. And so it's really just like everyone has to work on themselves, you know. It definitely is. Even more than just, like, these people have to work on themselves or those people. I think it's like everyone does. Mm, No, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely I'm working on yourself in general and working within the community too. But yeah, it's just, but the thing that's crazy to me that baffles me every time it's like, they'll have their disdain for black women, but the attributes that are in black women, they, they love it in other races in white women. They love it in white women. They love it the in Latinas. Butt, the, yes. That for, yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, I'm a, a, I don't, I'm not against, um, no, I'm not against plastic yeah. surgery. No, I'm not and, against and it stuff either. like that. But however, I am like pretty pro natural. Exactly. And I'm, I'm sort of like, girl, like love yourself. Exactly. For who you are and stop trying to change yourself to like reach exactly. these attributes. But yeah, I do think it's really weird that, because yeah. black guys will talk to me all the time. Exactly. And to the point sometimes where I'm like, no. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they're like, yeah, you got a big butt. Exactly. All this other, all this other stuff. I had one guy, one time actually a black guy say to me, this is so funny. Uh, he was like, have you ever dated a black guy? And I was like, no. I, I mean, I haven't really met anyone yeah. like that. You know, that's my type. And he goes, oh, you must be racist then. No. I was like, what? No, it's and not. I was, I was young too, so I just didn't know how to Dude. deal with it. I was like, "What do you? No, I'm not." I started getting like all panicky, all panicky, and I'm like, you know, if it makes you feel better, like I didn't even like. Okay, so me, especially my background and where I've like been raised and stuff, I've mostly been in like the suburbs and like school life. It's mostly been like I've only been within like white proximity. So my expansion mm. of like other cultures didn't really hit until I hit like college to be honest but I was mostly only talking to white guys 
but it wasn't on purpose. It was just yeah. like, that's just was all I was there. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm crazy about black men. I love black men. Just not sometimes in the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I talked to one of my other interviews uh, with like Vivian about how, like, yeah. what is the percentage of men that go in the club? And are we actually seeing a fair percentage of the men in the world or are we just getting like a certain type of man exactly they wonder the same thing about strippers exactly is it the girl that makes the stripper is it the stripper that makes the girl exactly you know? um and so i often like to tell myself that there are real gentlemanly men they out really are there, out there um they might not just be coming to us yes <laughs> <laughs> we might just get you know the the, the like the the weirdos the weirdest and it's like not always not always the weirdos it's like at first it's and it's like my maybe I think of myself as a very intuitive person and I am but it's like I can be blindsided when I think oh. I meet that one nice guy then you take them to the fucking lap dance area and it's like all hell breaks loose and they're like weird asses they'll be like so can I suck on your titties it's like. If I take you to VIP, what's gonna happen there? Uh, Can I lick your ass? Can I suck on your pussy? It's like, what the fuck? You were just like, you're like 68. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? And the fuck? Where the is, fuck did all of this come from? You just told me I was pretty. Like, I know. Like, how did you learn how to talk like that? Are like, you what on the TikTok? F- bro, right? Like, dead ass. You, like, bro. <laughs> you know, I met a guy at the bar. He, he ended up being really, really cool, but it was kind of funny. Like, uh, he came in and. And I was like, have I seen you before? He's like, well, I'm on TikTok. I'm pretty big on TikTok. I was like, oh. Yeah. So, but it's just like kind of funny that you don't expect it, you know? You it's don't like, fucking expect it also, at all. I don't, I don't have TikTok. I'm like, <laughs> I think it's I'm like just, you're out of the loop. It's like, I don't like it when a lot I'm, of them will be like, oh. I feel like I'm too old for it. What the fuck? You're not. I keep for, But then I do keep forgetting you're not in your 20s. I was like, what the fuck does she mean she's too 34 old? 34 years old. My mom has a TikTok. She has a thousand followers. All she does is like slam fireball. With Bro. her friends. <laughs> My mom is cooler than I am. No, I think you're cool as fuck. Like, <laughs> I know, I keep forgetting, because you're aging really well. You look really phenomenal. I haven't done shit. I'm really lucky. Um, you have probably have really good genetics, or you just, like, take care of yourself really well, too. I did. I failed at that. I'm, <laughs> I'm a redhead, and I'm supposed to, like, put SPF on my face every day. I don't do that. You look I'm hella supposed young. to keep my hair out of the... I'm supposed to, like, wear a hat all the fucking time. I don't do that shit. I'm, like... I'm supposed to put... I'm supposed to, like, slather sunscreen on yeah. myself like I'm a vampire. Uh, I don't do that. I'm really awful at it, actually. So, I'm... I think it is genetics. I'm just lucky. I think it is. And listen, like... I'm, I'll tell you, I've had weird experiences being, like, a white as hell redhead. I have had experiences in school. Um, you know, growing up in California, I was surrounded by beautiful tan blonde girls. Mm, yeah. Even just growing up, like, they just, even my own daughter is getting a tan. I'm Aww. like, what the hell? But uh, I used to get made fun of for being too white. Really? And that is definitely a thing. That's like, crazy. It's it, and it's weird that you know. No, because I think you're literally one of the prettiest girls in the club because no. it's like you look very different. Obviously, you have that yeah, individuality about you. You don't look like a carbon copy of like anybody else in the club at all. So you're very beautiful. You're very pretty. So it's Thank like you. I really appreciate that. Like I really do mean that. Yeah. So I'm kind of like shocked that like you at one point in time. You oh, I got dance. made fun of uh, horrendously, and you know what? That could have been what brought me to dancing. I wanted to feel beautiful and I wanted to know what it was like for someone to look at me and think I was beautiful because I didn't get that like ever. 
uh, growing up, I was definitely kind of an ugly duckling. I had, you know, I was chunky. I had braces, red hair, freckles. California, most of the residents are Hispanic, black. Um, and if they are white, they're very tan because, you know, I graduated in 2007. So, like, tanning was a huge thing, even mm. among teenagers. Yeah. There And I can't tan. It's physically impossible for me to actually tan. And so I grew up wearing pants and sweatshirts in summertime because I was ashamed of my skin color and I was ashamed of my freckles. And so I had to hide it consistently. And I actually grew up kind of like... um, like my uh, my posture isn't very good yeah. because I would just sit with my posture down, hiding myself. I got made fun of like very heavily. It was bullied a lot in school. And so I think that's actually what led me to dancing. And dancing kind of did help me realize that I am beautiful. Yeah, you are. Um, but you don't always get that from everybody in there. So then you have to learn, okay, well, I'm beautiful no matter what other people say. No, you're you can't, about that. Yeah. Because my, my biggest flaw is that I do base my beauty on what other people think because the club is the only time I ever like figured out that I was pretty right because you know guys out there they're pretty smart they won't really hit on you exactly um like out in public I mean the nice ones the good ones like exactly the the cute ones Mm -hmm. it's always like the fucking weirdos at the quick trip it really is the (laughs) weird asses they'll go at any expense to kind of make you feel uncomfortable Especially, especially with my car being out of commission right now too. Getting like these weird ass Uber drivers when I get dropped off at work. Some of them will ask me, you know, if they can come see me. Sometimes and it's just like fuck. I had that. Uh, a couple of the other girls with their Uber drivers have had that. I think is there a way to that you can ask for only female? No, no. but. Uber and Lyft needs to literally implement that because I think that'd be very, very smart. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to implement that anytime soon because yeah. I don't think they look at it from a female's perspective anyways. Yeah, they really they, they need to. And actually, there have been female Uber drivers that have talked about scary stories yeah. uh, with men. So it would be kind of cool if we had like just a section of like female-only Uber drivers. That'd be so sick. I love that. because We have fun. had a lot of Uber drivers hit on us, and it's kind of scary because they know where we live. It, it is scary, and it sucks, to getting the ones, like, you know, you can rate them one star, but then I end up feeling bad, too, if I do that. Don't. So it's like... No, if they... If yeah. you rate them one star, you won't get them again. Okay. So, but then it's like, if I do that, I end up feeling kind of guilty. So it's I like, know, I know. And there's always feelings of guilt when it comes to, like, um, retraining someone's behavior. Oh, yeah. But to me, it's like it's like with having a child. Like, you feel bad for putting them in timeout, but it's the only way they're going to learn. That is true. That yeah. is very true. Yeah. Honestly. I think that uh, in the female community, the reason why we've been dealing with this situation where females are afraid to go up against men and they wait 10 years or whatever yeah. is because we do have this innate fear that we're being too much. Exactly. And that we're uncomfortable. Mm. Like exactly. Really, like with kind of giving them consequences to like certain, exactly. certain actions toward us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... It's only our fault in a sense, too, which it shouldn't be that way. Have you felt that way in the club with certain customers? You're like, well, he did that and I didn't really like it, but I feel kind of like. Oh, fuck. Countless of times. The club really fucking aged me out that I can say, but like countless of times where it's like, oh, like if I'm like giving someone a dance, like they'll try to put their fingers up like my cooter and shit. And Mm -hmm. I'll be like, try to redirect their hands back up behind me and then they try to do it again 
Like when we're in VIP, when I'm like shaking my ass in their face, and you feel their fucking nasty ass tongue uh. to tongue punch your fucking <laughs> slingshot, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I know, I know. It's three minutes in, we literally have like fucking like. Some guys <sighs> are like that. I'll stand when I stand up, and I do like the thing where I'm standing up. And exactly and I'm well I'm not gonna lie I'm literally grinding my pussy on their nose <laughs> yeah. I prefer that I'm like let me use your nose exactly or your head your face whatever but like as soon as the tongue comes out I'm like oh, it's just fucking air dance air dance in a way yeah it's just like you kind of just like just slowly dance your way exactly away once I start to get grossed out I just start to air dance I'm gonna be complete I'm like okay it's like you fa- fucking wasted your money I'm mm-hmm. not doing shit it's just Sometimes I will feel like, okay, maybe my slingshot it was too loose or maybe my outfit was too provocative. But that's the whole fucking point. Yeah. Yeah. The- I do try. I, sometimes I do try to give them to like a little leeway. I'm like, oh, you poor guy. This must be really hard for you to get it's- teased like this, especially if they don't come to the strip club very often. Exactly. But, you know, I don't know. It is it is kind of like one of those weird those weird places to be like, is it me? Is it you? Am I, am I doing too much? Am I asking for it? But that's the part is like, you just, you can never feel that way. You can never be like, I'm asking for it. Yeah. Cause it's not true. They, I, yeah. they came into our house, girl. Literally. <laughs> they came like, into our house to play with us. They have right, to play by our rules. Like, right. It's like, I can't get all analytical and shit mm. about the club. Cause it's just the fucking club. Like I can't think too much into it, but then it's like, at times I do because it's just how my brain processes things. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I go by like – also I'm a percentage person too. And I also try to lower my possibilities on things. It's like I could possibly get a dance with him and then I could do VIP. So it's like – I don't know. I, I try not to, but it just happens. So it's – I think too much, mm. but I only know my only escape route. Sadly, is to like quit <laughs> yeah. and just get be on the right track right now. But I don't know. It really there have been like pros. I can't just dog on it completely and be like, oh, it's been just cons after cons after cons. No. It's been so egregious to my mental health. It's no, been... I guarantee you that if you were still dancing by December, and if I interviewed you again, yeah, you would probably. I'm telling you, a lot of us girls have short memory, and like when we're in the the slowest season, yeah, we all tend to feel a little gritty about the job. Definitely. It is, it, but you know, you give it a little bit of time, and you'll like swear to God, the grittiness has been there since December. Like even through the most prosperous months, even through the most lucrative weeks, even when yeah. the nights where I make like Lying, over eight hundred or like five hundred or like very lucrative nights or days. Yeah. I still have that back, like that mind, that mindset and that little voice where it's like, fuck it, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, well, and it depends on the customers too, usually. It does. Um, because, some of the customers yeah. will really, really like do what they can to like push us. They do. To, to give them just that little bit more, you know, and then it becomes a lot less about like, okay, like this is the job. I do A, B, and C. Exactly. And more of like a mind thing where you're like, okay, how do I navigate? It's like, how do you navigate it? This guy and his needs, you just have to have, like, these really strong boundaries and just not really care, I guess. Yeah. I don't don't know. I mean, yeah, because there are times I go home and, like, feel kind of gritty just because I had had an extra handsy customer that day. Yeah. But I feel like, um, yeah, those are – that's why it's, like, important to find the ones that will treat you really good. But that's hard, too, you know. It is. It's all part of the process. 
It is important. I'm sorry. I'm trying to adjust the mic oh, to no, be a little closer. I do. I touch it too. I'm like, I try not to. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. So, well, what happened? Um, what's going